All right, welcome once again, uh, all of the Not About Us listeners out there. Uh, thank you for joining us one more time. I've got a special treat to you with for you today. My son Matthew is joining us in the podcast. Matthew, say hi. Hello. All right. You can tell he's super excited to be here. Exceedingly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, uh, as always, I have no idea what I'm going to say when I start these things. I do not prepare these, so I'm just going to shut up. We're going to go right in to the introduction here. As always, this is Scott. This is Matt. And this is Brad. And this is not about us. So we're going to jump in. I want to warn you guys right now, this is going to be a long one. As you know, um, typically I've been going verse by verse through Genesis, but this time Genesis 5, I just felt it needed to be more comprehensive and I'm taking the whole chapter. Last time we went over the names and what they mean. This time I'm going to be going over the numbers. I just felt it was important to keep this one unit and and I hope you'll see why when I get to the end of this I was really happy with this one and uh, for those of you who who don't know uh, this is uh, what is today the 27th February 27th uh, 26th 26th thank you it's February 26th and so this has been a month since Brad and I have last recorded so I've had a month's worth of time to put into this I I really I've got a lot in here, and it needs to be said. So, Brad, let's start this off right. Can you please invite the Holy Spirit and Yahweh in to do his thing in today's podcast? Absolutely. Yahweh God, first, thank you. This is the day that you have created, and we will be joyful, and we will praise you for it. But even more than that, today is podcast day. And as Scott said, the first time in, for us, in our idea of time, it's been a little while. And so I'm excited. The mics are on. We're sitting down. We're getting back into this. But we cannot do it without you. We need your, we need your presence. We need we need to be in a frame of mind that is all about you. So, as always, my prayer is that you will help guide us to the things that you want us to share, to the truth that you want us to find for ourselves and for our listeners, and for Matt, for anyone and everyone. Lord God, we love you, we cherish you, we give you the honor, the glory, the respect that we can, even the little amounts that we can. Thank you. And thank you for podcast day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Brad. Um, so let's get started. I am gonna, I'm gonna try to speed through this as much as I can without sacrificing uh, any content, because uh, I do have a lot to cover. But first of all, uh, I wanna say like last time, we went over names and what they mean. And we've been talking about how on one level, I, I realize on all of this, we're just scratching the surface. And again, we want to emphasize to everyone, we, Brad and I are not ever trying to conclusively say, this is it, we found all truth, listen to us, yada, yada, yada. No, we understand 
we're just scratching the surface on a lot of this and there's so much more so uh, once again we invite everyone who wants to give us your thoughts on these and things that God has revealed in your heart about these verses and these sections but uh absolutely never be afraid to speak your heart because if two idiots like us can do this oh yeah <laughs> oh not you're not kidding uh but again we've talked about genesis 5 5 being the number of grace and and it always bugged me why why in, in this genesis 5 this fifth verse do we have nothing but the lineage from adam to noah what what does that mean what does that have to do with grace and another thing that's always bugged me about this one, this particular chapter, is the fact that we have lineages throughout the Bible. This is the only time in Scripture that I know of. You guys tell me if, if I'm wrong, if you can think of something else. This is the only time where we have these numbers added. This is the lifespan of this person. Uh, Adam lived this amount of years. Then he had a son. He lived X amount of more years for a total of this many years. That doesn't happen. Am, am I am I misremembering that? That doesn't happen anywhere else in the Bible. Am I right? To my knowledge, no. And that's something I've never really noticed until you just mentioned that. Uh, but it's it makes me realize there's a particular importance to these numbers. It's this this is not done anywhere else. Why is that? And we've talked about numbers before and what they mean and what they represent. Um, so we're going to jump right into this. I wanted to dig in. Like I said, we've done the names and each name. And I mentioned it in the last podcast that I feel that on one level, each of these people represent a different aspect of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua, Hamashiach. And what do the numbers say towards that? So that's what I'm, I'm, was kind of my focus this time. But I'm going to go on. Now, Genesis 5, 3 through 5, we have mentioned briefly before, uh, but I'm going to go over it now because we're going to do each of these lineages and the numbers. And again, forgive me, I'm going to try to do the Hebrew pronunciation when I can, but I'm probably going to butcher it, and every once in a while I might slip back into the English. That's just, forgive me, please move on. Uh, and Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Sheth. And the days of Adam, after he begot Sheth, were 800 years. And he begot sons and daughters, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Now again, we've already gone over the meanings of the names, but I'm going to bring them back up to connect with what the numbers are telling us here. So right now, I don't know, uh, uh, Brad, I don't know if you remember. Matthew, I don't know if I've gone over these with you. Have I gone over the names of these people and the meanings at all? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I will I will cover them here for you. Adam, essentially, oh, well, you've I mean, yes. A few covered, of them? You've covered Adam, and yeah, you've gone over those names with me before. No. Okay, but not all the way to Noah, right? No. Okay, so Adam, do you remember what it means? Just, you don't, you don't have to. I don't care. It's just wondering. Uh, doesn't it mean man? Man, thank you. Um, Adam just means man. He was the first man created. Mm -hmm. But so here we have Adam meaning man. Mm -hmm. So man lives for 130 years. 
What does this number tell us? Now, again, seeing this as a representation of Yeshua, mm -hmm. what do we know? He came as a man, right? Mm -hmm. So here I am picturing Yeshua wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. He has come as a human being, as mankind. And 130 years is 100 plus 30. Mm -hmm. And these numbers, uh, as we, we briefly mentioned before, we went through every number has a meaning associated with it. And sometimes these meanings are more directly tied to the word picture associated with the letter connected to it than, than others. Some, some are, some aren't. But each has kind of a prophetic meaning to it. And then the meaning for 100 is fullness. The meaning for 30 is divine service. So just in this number, 130, mm -hmm. we have the fullness of divine service. And then in the interpretation of the words, the word picture here, kof lamed, are the Hebrew letters used for 130. And once again, I'm going to emphasize this is a possible interpretation, not the interpretation as we've gone over before. There are many interpretations. I never want to insinuate that I have final authority and this is, this is absolutely what it means and nothing else. Please don't think that. That's why I say possible interpretation. What I came up with was towards the sun on the horizon. And the thing that jumped out at me right here was the very first thing about this. Jesus coming as a man, prophetically speaking, the picture that we get, fullness of divine service towards the sun on the horizon. We've talked about it before. Isaiah said uh, uh, the end is revealed in from the beginning, from the breshit. That word, that Hebrew word breshit is our very first words in the English translation of the Bible, in the beginning. It's the very word that we translate into the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. The Hebrew is breshit, and this idea that the end is told from the beginning. Right here, we have the beginning. I have pictured Jesus coming as a baby, and the very first thing it says is, guys, it's all done. The fullness of his divine service towards the sun on the horizon. This, this is a picture of the very end of things. I find it interesting that at the very beginning, the word pictures here that come out of the, the numbers are, it's all done. It's complete. We have the very end of it already finished. The fullness of his divine service is already complete. Any thoughts on that? Only that I appreciate the fact then it's already complete. So therefore it can't be changed. Yes. It's happened. You yeah. cannot make corrections. Mm -hmm. That's, I like that. It's pretty cool. Now, man, Adam, gives birth to the substitution. We've talked about this before. Shaith's name means substitution. Jesus was our substitution with his death on the cross, right? He was a substitution. He, was, he paid the penalty for our sins that we could not pay. So 
Adam gives birth to. We move on to a substitution. And what's the picture here in the numbers? 800. 800 years. Adam lives 800 years after the substitution is born. We have 400 plus 400. Cross plus cross. That's it. That's it. Doesn't this talk about the substitution? There's an emphasis on the cross. There's a dual emphasis. We have the cross. And it's like everything else just goes away. Guys, this moment is all that matters. And it happens to coincide. This number happens to coincide with the birth of the substitution. Now, hey, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Real quick, in my revelation studies, I have I have talked about the ever and ever and it boggled my mind why we needed to have an extra ever. Only thing I could think of was when the Bible repeats itself, it must be saying this is important, pay attention. But mm -hmm. here you have the cross, the cross. Uh-huh. This is just my connection, just my my thoughts. I think this is pretty cool. The cross, the cross, ever and ever. You put the two together and you have your ever and ever. All right. I like that. And also we know that two things, and you and we've both mentioned it before. You just mentioned it in the, uh, the your, your last Revelation podcast. When God repeats himself, there's an importance. And here we miss the fact that in 800 years, okay, Adam lived after he begot Shaith 800 years. We just see a number. What we don't see is God repeats himself. There's something very vital to point out here. And we've mentioned it in previous podcasts. Every single time one of these years exceeds 800 years, it always begins the cross. The cross. There's a vital importance to that that he is starting with every single time. But right here, that's all he mentions. And it's there's just a focus on that. Now in the word picture, see, tav, tav. Now tav can mean cross, obviously, but it can also mean mark, it can mean sign, covenant, it can mean ownership, it can mean a seal, it can mean joining two things together, it can mean the last, the very last thing. So something, another possible interpretation I came up with was just simply the cross joins us together with God. And again, we're talking about Jesus as the substitution. Isn't that an awesome connection? in these numbers yeah i think that's pretty cool i also was thinking how i've talked before about how i would like i would i would like to be a slave of god and just the first thing that popped in my head was uh join together with god and let him be your owner let him have yeah. ownership oh yes yeah no that this this right here already is uh -huh. and we're gonna get into more on that later it's pretty cool you brought that up <laughs> But now here, and we mentioned this before in another podcast, we kind of briefly talked about these numbers here, but then Adam lives for 930 years total. After uh, he is born, he gives birth to Shaith, he dies, and he's got 930 years total. So we're connecting the two, and, and very often the way the Hebrew numbers work is when you add one to another number, you get a completely different number. This time, we don't. We get just both numbers combined. 
but both numbers remain exactly the same. With 930, we get 400 plus 400 plus 100 plus 30. So we get Tav, Tav, Kof, Lamed all together unchanged. Man as the substitution or Jesus coming as a man to be the substitution is simply a combination of everything we've just covered. The cross, the cross is the fullness of his divine service. Or we can get the cross that joins us together with God moves on towards the sun on the horizon. It's all finalized. In other words, it's making the statement that the cross right here, that's it. We're done. It's, 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 the, the cross never has to be repeated. It's final. It's done. It's the completeness of everything. Which, that's just saying the cross is enough. You need nothing else. The cross is enough. Exactly. Anything you want to throw in on that, Matthew, before I move on? Okay. You, you, I, Believe me, I will say. No, uh, I, yeah. I know. I just wanted to say shaking your head no doesn't translate well on the podcast. Go ahead and say no. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> but no, you don't have to ask. I will add right. anything if I need to. No, that's cool. I just like to, uh, and Brad can tell you, I like to stop and go, anything before I move on, yeah. uh, please yeah. jump in. And uh, so Genesis 5, 6 through 8. And Shaith lived 105 years. Now I'm going to stop there. Shaith, the substitution. So before he gives birth to uh, Enosh, it just says Shaith, the substitution. We're going to focus on that 105 years. 100 plus 5. The numerical values are the fullness of grace. That jumped out at me. The substitution, Yeshua coming as the substitution for our sins is in and of itself the, the fullness of grace. And these the, the letters that make up this in the word picture, kof, hey, kof, hey. Now, uh, since Matthew, you don't know about these, I'm just gonna quickly reveal what our listeners have heard before. Kof can mean sun on the horizon, it can mean behind, the back of the head. It can mean the last, the final, or the least. Hey means look, lo, behold. It's something revealed, something shown. It can also literally mean the English word the. It can just mean that. But so kof, hey, a possible interpretation I came up with was behold the least. And what have we talked about before in these podcasts, Brad? But Jesus coming as the least. We've talked about even if he came as the king of kings, even if he came as and ruled on high as the greatest king the earth has ever known, he still made himself lower. He still made himself the least. He left divinity. He left Godhood to come as a human being. But not only did he come as a human being, he came as a carpenter's son. He came as a servant. He came as the least of us, as our substitution. That's the fullness of grace. Him being our substitution in and of itself is the fullness of grace. But he came as the least of us to give everything that he had. Now, go ahead. You have something to jump, jump in, Brad? I'm, I'm just appreciating the picture that you're painting. Um, 
as always, Jesus. I mean, as you said, even if he came and he was ruler of all the earth, king of the kings, had money and, and, and whatever he wanted and all those things, he still gave up his father's throne. He gave up divinity. He gave up being yeah. a god. I mean, think about that. God of the universe. He has, he is everywhere. He's everything. Think about just that. Him giving up just total omnipresence, omniscience, the entire galaxy and beyond outside time and space and limiting himself to human form. And this is it. This is all he can experience. Just this human form right here. Think about what a sacrifice that is. And to top it off, when he came as a human, he came as one of the least of us. And as we've talked about before, he left his father and his mother to do it for us. Yes. Which is also, uh, I think, important to remember. But anyway, continue. Okay. So now, Shaith lived after he begot Enosh. And again, I hope I'm pronouncing these correctly. 807 years. Enosh, I think it's right, Enosh, means mortal. It can also refer to people, as in all of mankind. But I want to focus on that mortal. Shaith, the substitution, begets, begat mortality. Now guys, how can you die? and then rise again, unless you are mortal. Think about that. See, we know Jesus, we said before, if this is all referring to Jesus, Jesus came as a man. Okay, he came as a man, but there are literally some people who believe he came as a man, but he never shed his divinity. There are people who believe Jesus never ate or never had to eat. He never pooped, never, pe never defecated, didn't literally have to breathe. He, he was in the form of a man so we could see him and touch him, but they believe he was always God. He retained his divinity. No, I deny that. And I believe the Bible denies that. He came as a human being. He had to suffer the way we suffered. He had to eat. He had to defecate. He had to sustain himself. He had to breathe in order to live. He had to be mortal. How could you be mortal? How could you resurrect? How could you be resurrected unless you're mortal? Unless you can die. And right here, right here, uh, the substitution begets mortality. And the number 807, the cross, the cross, resurrection. <laughs> How can you have resurrection unless you're mortal? He came as a mortal man. We have already said he's come as a man, but this emphasizes his mortality. He came with the ability to die. A resurrection can't happen unless you can die and then come back to life. You can't come back to life if you never lost that life. Now, the word picture here, Tav Tav Zayin. What, the, what I came up with was, sorry, the possible interpretation. Though the first thing that jumped out at me was cut off from being joined together with the covenant. 
And that's cool, and I believe it's a part of this, but that didn't speak to me of Jesus. That spoke to me of us, and it spoke to me of why he came back to do this. But I went back and looked, what does it say about Jesus? And what I got was joining with the covenant through piercing. And this talks about him, again, uh, Sheth, the substitution gives birth to Enosh, the mortal. He had to die. He was pierced for us in order to be resurrected. And I love how, and again, we're going to keep going, but these numbers just added to the picture. It was perfect. God put all of these numbers in here for a reason. They tell a part of the story. Now, I'm going to finish with this section, uh, this piece, Shaith giving birth to Enosh by saying, and all the days of Shaith were 912 years. So all the days. So we have substitution, connecting with mortality, and that completeness, guys, you're gonna, this is going to be awesome to you. 912 years. We have two pictures here. 400 plus 400 plus 100 plus 12. Now I point that out because 12 has its own unique system. It's one of the perfect numbers of God. So 400, 400, 112. 12 has its own meaning. We have cross, cross, fullness of governmental perfection. But in original Hebrew, it would have been written 400, 400, 110, 2. It wouldn't have been written just the number for 12. It would have been written 10 and 2. And that is the cross, the cross, the fullness and completion of his divine order. And then the number 2 can mean witness or confirmation, but it can also mean union or division. So what I came up with was the substitution became mortal. The cross marked the fullness of God's divine order, which unified us with God. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He connected us to him so we could go back to the days of Adam and God interacting with each other. We were separated spiritually. He reconnected us spiritually. But it's important to see that this, that the moment of the cross also perfected his government. The cross also marked the fullness of God's government. He just hasn't claimed it yet. See, when God comes back, Armageddon, end times, all of that, we have to realize he can come back at any time. He could have returned minutes after resurrecting and saying, that's it, we're done, it's mine. Why hasn't he? The Bible says he delays because of love. He wants to give as many of us an opportunity to join him because the moment he stops and says, that's it, it's over, then no more people in his family. It's done, he's given us all of our shot. And there's more to that. We just need to see here at the moment of the cross, he accomplished both. He is only, we are living in one reality. We haven't, the, the other reality, he hasn't come back to claim yet, but at the cross, 
he completed the work necessary to do it. It's done. It doesn't need to be done again for him to come back. When you say union, I also think about marriage. And as we know, that's what's been suggested is that we are the bride of Christ. And I do think there is a certain amount of love that he's making sure his bride has the time to get ready and prepared to meet Mm -hmm. him. I'm glad you said that because that is going to come back in more of these numbers, but it's also going to come back right now. (laughs) Uh, The word picture, Tav, Tav, Kof, Yod, Bet. And the possible interpretation I came up with was the cross is the final finished work to join Yahweh to his family or to his bride. And all of this speaks to the cross did it all. The cross accomplished everything. The substitution became mortal for us. Before I move on, anything either of you want to throw out there? No. All right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just in love with this picture that you've just painted. That's all I want to say. It's just, it's beautiful. But no, go ahead. I know we got a lot to cover. <laughs> uh, I know. I said this is going to be long, and this is why, guys. It can, Believe me, when as, as I was going over this to myself, and I'm rehearsing and practicing and kind of going over these ideas, I kept going off on tangents. And it would just take like 15 minutes, and I'd go, wait a second. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I had to come back. You went off on tangents? I, I don't. I don't believe that for a moment. <laughs> Genesis 5, 9 through 11. And Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. But we're going to stop right there. Enosh, the mortal, lived 90 years. So we have a focus on just Enosh, mortal. What does 90 mean? Now, 90 in and of itself uh, is the Hebrew uh, letter Sade. Sadi, Sade. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'll say Sadi. That might be, might be wrong. Sorry, I'm hiccuping here. And that is represented by a fish hook. And it means to pull towards. So I think of this way, in Jesus's mortality, in his life on earth, in his mortal life on this planet, he was pulling us towards him. Everything that he did was designed to draw us to him. But also 90, just as a number, Now, 90 is represented by 30 times 3. Now, I realize what I'm about to say is controversial, so I will acknowledge it as my own belief and opinion. You may have your own belief, but I believe that Jesus, Yeshua, lived 30 years. I do not believe he lived to be 33 and a half. I do not believe his ministry was three and a half years. I believe his ministry was exactly 70 weeks Uh, and is one of the fulfillments of Isaiah's 77 prophecy. And if you, and I've mentioned it before, if you want further evidence of this, uh, go see Michael Rood's The Jonah Code. Just look it up, check it out. It's fairly long, it's extensive. He gives all the evidence there. I think it's like 10 hours long. So you got plenty of time. You can go check it out on your own. One of these days, maybe I'll do a summary of it here, but I figure why do a summary? You have access to the actual thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I haven't messed with it. But I so much appreciate it. 
I also enjoy Michael Rood's Chronological Gospel. Yes. Um, it has, uh, I, I recommend buying, they have a, a, a like a folder size version that has fold out maps and things like that so, and so of the timeline so you can see it even clearer. But uh, Chronological Gospels, uh, definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, even if you have a different opinion, uh, I still think it's worth considering. I do. I personally do believe uh, there is a lot of truth in it. But I believe that that is one aspect of what's happening here. 30 times 3. His divine service on earth, 30 years times 3. The completion, the perfection of all that he was called to do. His mortality speaks of, of the, the divine completion and perfection of his divine service. He became a servant, the least of all, in order to pull us to him. That's what this picture is to me. But he begets Canaan. Now, we talked about the names before. Canaan means fixed. But also, as a part of that word, it can mean nest, uh, a, a place a place of protection, you know, the mother bird covering you. Many times in scripture, it talks about covering us with the wing. Uh, but it can also mean possession or stronghold, chamber or dwelling, among other things. So, Enosh, mortal, begets a stronghold. Beget, begets. Am I saying that correct? Begets, begats, begots. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> forgot. You know what I mean. I might be saying English improperly, much less the Hebrew. But mortal gives birth to stronghold. And what do we see? 815. The cross, the cross, the law, or the completeness of his divine order and grace. So this is amazing to me because we have a stronghold being birthed from mortality. And this number, the cross, the cross leading to the completeness of his divine order and grace. And that speaks to me of the stone that the builders rejected, nailing him to a cross, became the cornerstone, became the completeness of his divine order in grace. Mortal Yeshua became our stronghold. Now, in the word picture, Tav, Tav, Yod, Hey, there's something amazing to see here. So first of all, just the word picture from those letters in and of themselves, I came up with, the cross is the last finished work revealed. So the cross is it. It's finished, it's done, and it's important to show that it has been revealed to us. The Holy Spirit has now been able to come and enlighten us and indwell us. That is an important part we're going to go into it more times than this, of stronghold. The fact that it's revealed. The fact that we see it and understand it. But there's something else special about this word here. Guys, do you know, we've talked about how Hebrew numbers work. The larger number comes before the smaller number. So if you have 11, it's 10 plus 1 in Hebrew. So Yod plus Aleph, right? We've mentioned that. So... Yod He is 15. Yod Vav 
is 16. Do you guys know that in Orthodox Hebrew, they skip those numbers? They, they change 10 plus 5 and 10 plus 6 to 9 plus 6 and 9 plus 7 to deal with 15 and 16. Do you know why? I know why, but it's only because you've mentioned it to me. Okay. <laughs> Matthew, do you know why? Have I taught you about this? No. Okay. Because yod Hey and yod Vav are the name of Yahweh. And so they skip them. Now this brings up a complete tangent at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I just want to mention it briefly here. It's been mentioned by others, by Michael Rood and by others, that uh, it's been found out that Yahweh is not the name of God. That there are people who say that actually it is, I believe it's Jehovah. Um, it's Yahovah. Yahovah. And they believe that at some point, in they, they found evidence that at some point, someone has gone in and removed one of the vowels from that name and that's where we get Yahweh, some in ancient times, and Yahovah is actually his name, and it's not Yahweh. And they did this for the reasons we've talked about. His name is too holy to pronounce. They didn't want us to speak it, so they hid it from us, essentially. I am not 100% on board with that. I'm not denying it. It could absolutely be true. I'm not here to say it's wrong. You should ignore that. No. I just have not come to the conclusion that it's absolutely right. Uh, in, and this is one of my reasons why. Yod, hey. Well, that obviously kicks out one of the letters. Yod, we said Yahweh is Yod, hey, Vav, hey. So they say Yod, hey is the name of Yahweh. And it's too holy to pronounce. So like I said, Orthodox Judaism changes the number so they don't have to accidentally or unintentionally write the name of Yahweh. Yod Vav gets the same treatment, but it's missing the letter He. So it's not the complete name, but they treat it as if it is the complete name. So my wondering is, is Yahovah, these texts, these ancient texts that they found with an additional letter in it, is that just another form of the name of Yahweh? If Yod He is the full name of Yahweh. Because I want you to consider this, Yeshua. That's the name of Jesus. I've also heard it said that it can, it's Yahshua or Yahushua. There are other pronunciations. There are other spellings that all refer to Jesus, that all mean the same thing. Is this just a form of that? Is this just, do we have multiple forms of the name of Yahweh? And that Yahweh, yod He vav He is just as much his name as yod He is just as much his name as Yod Vav, is just as much his name as Yehovah. I don't, I'm not aware of the missing letter. Well, and the thing to, to remember is uh, written language was evolving mm -hmm. over time. So those earlier manuscripts that they found may have been one way, but then over, I think English mm -hmm. has gotten lazy. Oh yeah. You know, over over time and even more so lately it seems i don't speak good english <laughs> i speak a butchered version of english that i have been taught by the society that i live in mm -hmm. you know so it, it's very it's very possible that at one point they had good 
Hebrew. Right. And Yahovah would have been accurate. But as time goes on, they start having bad Hebrew. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. It is possible that Yahovah, this original Hebrew, I'd have to go back and find what it is, is actually the correct form of God's name. And everything else is wrong in some way. Or it could be that they're all correct. They're just different variants on the correct name. I don't know. And this is all a tangent. I should, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop from now on and get back to my point. Real quick, I don't remember the exact verse, but I was struggling with this uh, like three years ago when I discovered this. Um, have I been saying the name incorrectly? And I found a verse, and I'm, I'm sorry, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but um, it basically says, if you're doing the best that you can with the knowledge that you have, God will honor that. So if you find yourself in a foreign land and you have forgotten the name of your God, but he searches your heart and knows that you are searching for him, he will honor that. So that, that yes. kind of put that to rest for me. Whether it's Yahovah, Yahweh, or some other form that we don't know, he's searching my heart and he knows that I'm trying to do the best I have with the information that right. I have. Now, I totally understand why it's important to get it right because God is that perfect. But you're right. Uh, he works with us on our level and he bring, He leads us into deeper truth as we go on. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get off this. I mean, this <laughs> side note, side note, tangent. Sorry, let's keep going. The reason I bring this up, the main reason I brought it up is yod Hey is considered the full name of Yahweh. And so by interpreting this, we have Tav Tav yod Hey, And one of the interpretations I can get out of this is ownership of the covenant is Yahweh's. And that tells me he's got it. He's our stronghold. We don't have to worry about upholding this covenant under our own power. We have no ability to. No ability to at all. It is Yahweh's to defend. It is Yahweh's to uphold. It is Yahweh's to maintain this covenant. Thank God. He is our stronghold. The cross joining us with him is the completeness of his divine order of grace. This is this is where Enosh begot Kenan. The stronghold is birth. This is where we see this take place. It's no coincidence. Now, 905 years is the fullness of Enosh's life. All the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. So we have Enosh, mortal. Uh, um, I lost it. There we are. Uh, Canaan, stronghold. The mortal stronghold, the completeness of this, 905 years, 400. 400, 105, cross, the cross, the fullness of grace. Yeshua, the mortal servant, the mortal man is our stronghold. The cross that joined us together with God was the fullness of his grace. The word picture here, tav, tav, kof, he. What I came up with was, now this is amazing to me. Tav, if I mentioned it before, can also mean last. Kof, 
Sun on the horizon, behind, can also mean last. It's the last of all things. So what do we have here in the word picture? Behold, the last, the last, the last. Again, three times repeating the last. We have a divine completeness and perfection testifying to the fact that the work on the cross is it. It's final. It's done. It's over. That is our stronghold. And again, I want to point out there's an emphasis on behold. There's an emphasis on see it. And we're going to get to that with the next section here. Before I move on to the next one, any comments on what we just mentioned there? No. All right. So Genesis 5, 12 through 14. And Canaan lived 70 years. So we have the stronghold. Canaan representing the stronghold living 70 years before giving birth to something else. 70. Now 70 in and of itself means eldership. And it comes from 10 times 7. The, it is, and it represents the completion of divine order times spiritual completion. So 70 represents an ultimate completion and perfection of God's divine order. But there's something else to see here. What is, what is Satan's number? Either of you. 666. Six, six. What is Jesus's number? Do you know, Matthew? Isn't it 777? 777. Now, one of the things I've been taught before is that the reason for that, the first number is spiritual. The second number is mental or the soul. Spirit, soul, body. The second number is mental, emotional, logic, that kind of thing. The last number represents body. This is why seven is a number for resurrection. Jesus' body died. Uh, 666 represents as, as close you can get to perfection without having Jesus. But 777 is Jesus' number because he is physically, mentally, and spiritually perfect. So 70, 70 is that number, 770 and seven pulled out and separated. Now think about this for a second. 70 with Jesus is surrounded by two perfect numbers, 707, but 70 pulled out and taken by itself is the perfect piece of that, but surrounded on all sides with nothing else. Now you can say it's, it's just, it's, it's 70 on its own, and that's a picture of a stronghold. We have a stronghold that's a perfect spot of safety, but surrounded on all sides by anything else, by chaos, by, by the enemy, by whatever. A stronghold, its reason for existing is because there's conflict, is because there's war. I see too many people who see Jesus is my stronghold, Jesus is my rock, as meaning all around me will just be bland, safety, and peace, and nothing bad will ever happen to me. No, a stronghold exists because there's terror going on all around you. A stronghold is a place of safety that's, that's wonderful to be in, but we have to recognize it, it, if, if all was perfect and peaceful, strongholds, there'd be no reason for them to exist. 
So here we have the name of the person whose name means stronghold living 70 years. And again, meaning ultimate completion and perfection of God's divine order. And that number 70, there's one letter that represents it, and it is ayin. And that, the word picture behind ayin is the eye. The eye. And it means to see, to experience, to understand. Guys, this is our stronghold. When we understand the completion and perfection of God's divine order, when we experience God himself, then all around us can be chaos. All can fall apart, but we are in his stronghold. That's what it means. That's why we kept seeing, I kept uh, emphasis on to know, to behold, to understand. We need to see him. We need to experience him in order to be in that stronghold. Any thoughts on that? Um, okay, go ahead. I just appreciate the picture that you're painting. Okay. I Yes, no, I am total agreement. Scripture multiple times says uh, you will go through troubles. You will go through chaos. Mm-hmm. He will be with you. That's yes. that's the, the, the point. But it never says you will not. <laughs> yeah. You will go through it, but he will be with you. So yes, you're absolutely right. We do need we do need him to be a stronghold right now. now. I want to ask you guys to answer this one. Just with whatever comes to mind. Uh the stronghold in the midst of chaos, in the midst of destruction, knowing that you are safe and secure from that. What does that lead to? What does that begot? What comes next? What do you mean? What would you say? If you saw that you were in a stronghold and couldn't be touched, and you saw the war all around but knew it couldn't affect you, mm-hmm. you were safe, mm-hmm. what would be your reaction? Safe. What, what would it be? Just, just off the top of your head, what do you think it would be? And no wrong answer. Sadly, knowing myself as a mere human being, there'd probably be a certain arrogance that would come with it. Oh, okay. Um, right. <laughs> and I, I think you're right. I think that has happened a lot. And uh, Matthew, what, what would just first thing you, you, you're, you recognize you are perfectly safe and protected and are going to be, but you do recognize the conflict all around you, but you are not going to be touched by it. What's your reaction? Well, I mean, Sense well, hmm. not to to steal it from you, real quick. I just had a thought. Mm -hmm. If I was perfectly protected, Uh the way the the actual answer of the way my brain works right now, and the the anxiety that I've had in my life, the worries that I've had for others, if I was standing there perfectly protected, I assume my mind would then start to ponder, what about everyone else? Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you're going, Matthew? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. The reason I thought about this is because Canaan gives birth to Mahalal El, whose name means praise of God. Wouldn't that beget praise? Wouldn't it beget being in that stronghold, seeing the conflict all around and knowing 
I have been taken care of. Wouldn't that just make you hit your knees and go, <laughs> God, you're amazing. God, this is all you. I find it fascinating that stronghold begets praise. That's so not your answers were not wrong. No, I appreciate that. In Revelation podcast, I just talked about um, hoping, uh, making a connection that Jesus marked John as mine. Mm -hmm. And the thought of Jesus someday saying, Brad, I've marked you as mine. Just, I'm just now imagining all the stress, the worries, the anxiety that I just talked about just flowing uh -huh. away because I'm now his of course that would bring praise yeah and now i find it fascinating that we get to the birth of praise the praise of god now something quick to point out here praise of god can refer to and we talked about this last time brad praise of god can refer to praise towards god it's the praise of god i'm lifting god up but it can also be god's praise it can be the praise that comes from god it is the praise of god for something else now that's going to play a vital role in what we're going forward on. But the birth of Mahalel and the continuation thereof is 840 years. Now, I find it fascinating. This is the cross, the cross, plus trial, plus test, plus probation. So we see again here, the praise of God is born in the midst of trial, in the midst of test and probation. The stronghold begot God's praise. The mark of the cross is trial. But passing this test, passing through this trial, being in the stronghold and seeing the trial all around, the word picture is tav tav mem. And the interpretation I came up with was the cross joins us together with the river of life. So passing this test leads us to the river of life. Doesn't that begat praise? It makes me think of Joseph's trials before being raised up as a part of God's will. You had to, and, and I've had, I've heard um, a man named Andre taught one time, uh, that he had to go through the prison before he reached the penthouse. It also makes me think of Moses and the trials that came lead before, even before the Red Sea crossing, but including the Red Sea crossing, uh, the exodus of the nation of Israel out of Egypt. See, we, again, we tend to think the word stronghold means all around us is peaceful. No, the word stronghold means all around us is in turmoil, but we, are in a strong place. This brings us praise because we should see where we are in God. The victory that we long for has already occurred. Hallelujah. Hey, Scott, I want to, I'm sorry. I know this is going to be a long while. I want to take a moment though. <laughs> Something just happened and it's probably dumb, but I thought this was interesting. It's pretty cool to me. When you were talking about a stronghold, I have a notepad next to me here, and I was trying to just visualize what you were saying. I put a dot on my notepad, and then I put a circle around it as the stronghold. And then for whatever reason, 
I started making lines from the dot to the outside of the circle. And when I did that, I get a cross. And so I don't know. It might be a dumb little thing, but I just thought that was kind of cool. Here I am just doodling and not even paying attention. And this stronghold image that I've made has made a cross for me. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to hijack it. I just thought no, that was interesting. No. I like those little things. You, you didn't intend for that to happen. It just showed up. No, yeah. not no. There was no. there was no conscious. I was just, as I do, I have my little notepad here, and I'm just doodling and just, as I'm thinking about things and I was trying to picture a stronghold and that's what I got thought that was cool and now the stronghold leading to the praise of God the combination of all of it we have 910 years first we had the, the other one was a stronghold gives birth to praise now we have the stronghold is God's praise being 910 years we have the cross the cross and we have the fullness of the law. We have the fullness of the completion of divine order. And I didn't mention this word before because it didn't, it didn't really connect with me earlier, but also the number 10 can mean trial. So we have the fullness of the trial. So the stronghold being God's praise, we can say the mark of the cross is the fullness of the trial. The trial has been completed and we're in the stronghold praising God. It has finished. God's divine order is complete. The cross completes us. Now that I got from the word picture. Tav, tav, kof, yod. The cross completes us. It completes God's plan. It completes us. That is worthy of praise. That is our stronghold and that is our place of rejoicing. Okay, that com that completes another line here. <laughs> Comments, Matthew, Brad, moving on. Okay, so Genesis 5, 15 through 17. And Mahalal El lived 60 and five years. Now this is fascinating to me. This is truly fascinating because Mahalal El, the praise of God, right? 60 and 5. Now, 60 stands for pride. And again, as we talked about before, 70 being the middle part of, you know, this, this 60, that's the middle part of Satan's number. So what is going on here? The praise of God, are we associating it with Satan? What's, what's happening? Pride? One of the deadly sins? No, this is amazing. Okay, how can I say this correctly? Okay, first of all, 60 and 5, pride plus grace. Now, my first thought was, is this grace pulling us out of pride? Is this the hand of grace reaching out of our pride? And that could have something to do with it. But to me, that didn't, that wasn't Jesus, that was us. It might be Jesus reaching to us, which is a part of him. But I was like, how does this specifically refer to Jesus? Because he's the pride of God. Guys, pride, we think of it as a sin because of us. Pride in and of ourselves is sinful. Guys, what is pride? De define pride. Putting your, um, how do I want to say it? Putting your, your love and intention on something. Um, yeah, it's saying that something is something that you did is worthy. 
right? Something that you are or did is worthy. Guys, what have we accomplished? See, when we have pride, we're essentially placing ourselves in the place of God. That's what's sinful about it. Can God have pride? You better believe he can. And we have gone over his pride already in Genesis. Every time God said, I looked upon something he did and said, it is good. He was having pride in what he did. He is justifiable. He can have pride. He accomplished everything good. We cannot. What have we accomplished? This takes me back to Job. And, and, and in, the, in the end chapters of Job, where it goes on and on and on, God is telling Job, oh, oh, did, did you create the mountains? Did you put them in their place? Did you teach the eagle how to soar? Did you put the sun in the sky? Did you put the stars in their place and name every one of them? I mean, this is God telling Job, who do you think you are? And this is what's going on. God has the right to be prideful. We do not. Pride is a sin coming from us, but pride coming from God is worthy. This is like saying jealousy is wrong. But, and yet the Bible defines God as a jealous God. Yeah, I firmly believe that everything that we have, every emotion, every feeling, every sensation, was created by God. The problem is we bastardize them. We, we, we turn... We turn love into sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. We turn, you know, jealousy of into uh, I crave that thing that is not mine. We 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 bastardize all of these things that aren't necessarily that are, are necessarily mm -hmm. bad. We've made them bad. Yeah. Now you're correct in that, but this I think goes even a step further. And we cannot have pride, period, because what have we done? Right. Now, again, jealousy is to be, to have, take what owns, what belongs to you and say, you can't have it. Mm -hmm. What belongs to us? What belongs to us? What has, what in all of creation can we claim ownership of? But God is a jealous God. God has said, you're mine. You are my bride. I claim you. I do not want you sharing yourself with other husbands. I do not want you sharing yourself with other gods. I don't want you cheating on me is essentially what he's saying. And so here we have 60 plus five, pride and grace. Jesus was the one who God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was the pride of God. And that's been given to us in grace. Jesus himself has been given to us. That is God's pride and it is the grace of God. We didn't deserve it. We got all that God has to give, just given to us. Now, the word picture, Samek Hey. I did come up with, there's one, uh, you can come up with the interpretation, Satan is revealed. And you can associate that with Jesus by saying he came to earth and revealed all that Satan did. He said, this is the word of God. You've twisted it. You've turned it. You've changed it. You've, as you said before, uh, you bastardized it. You have twisted it and misshapen it. That is the work of Satan. He called several of the Pharisees, you are of your sons, the devil. But it can also refer to support is revealed. 
And God reaches his hand down. He says, I've got you. I've got you. That's what Jesus is, is Yahweh saying, I've got you. All God has to give, he gives to us. That, guys, does that define the praise of God? In so many ways. Now, the praise of God, Mahalalel, begot Yered. I'm sorry, Yared. Yared. Mahalalel begot Yared. And after, and he lived after he begot Yared 830 years. Now, Yared means descent. So the praise of God gives birth to descent. Now, I believe this refers to Jesus coming to earth and descending in the way we've already talked about, but I believe it's more than that. I believe it's included, that is included, but I believe this is specifically also referring to his descent into hell for us, him going to hell for us. The praise of God, Jesus Christ himself descended, and and the praise of God gives birth to a descent. What do we have? 830. The cross, the cross, plus divine service. So what we have is Yeshua lifted up, the praise of God, descended. When he came to the cross, that was his divine service to us. This is a picture of his service on earth, but it's also a picture of him on the cross descending into hell. Now the word picture here, tav tav lamed, You can come up with the interpretation. I associated this with Jesus. The cross joins us to the shepherd. But you can also take this a step farther and say the cross makes us shepherds. Guys, we are told, take up our cross and follow him. We are not told, take up Yeshua's cross. He's the only one who could have carried that. But we are told to take up our cross. We are now to follow in his footsteps. He descended for us. The praise of God lifted up on high didn't stay lifted up. He came down for us. Now, descent, part of that word, just a part of it, can mean going down to meet the enemy. And that's what he did. Guys, we have been lifted up. We're in our stronghold. We can't be touched. Praise God. Now, go down and meet the enemy. We see when we're in our stronghold, we're safe, but we can't affect anything from our stronghold. Now, go meet the enemy. Now, the stronghold is the praise of God. 895 years, the fullness of his life. We have 400 plus 400 plus 90 plus 5. The cross the cross, fish hook, pulling us towards grace. The cross pulls us towards grace. The praise of God descended. The cross pulls us towards his grace. It pulls us to see Yahweh clearly. Tav, tav, sade, hey. Tav, tav, sadi, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Sadi, hey. The cross pulls us towards revelation. 
It pulls us to see Yahweh clearly. It reveals him. It brought Yahweh God to our level so we could understand him and we could connect to him. Genesis 5, 18 through 20. And Yared, Yarad lived 162 years. Descent. Yarad, meaning descent, lived 162 years. So what do we see here? Again, fullness, pride, and now we have two, the number two, meaning witness or confirmation. So guys, the descent I have the fullness of pride's witness or the fullness of witness about pride. About pride. I don't know about you, but I think of the two witnesses in Revelation. They descend to earth and when the fullness of their testimony is heard, that's when they are lifted back to heaven. They are raised back to heaven. Yeshua came. He testified of all the Father had done. He was the fullness of the Father's pride and he was the Father's witness on earth. Now, Brad, you spoke about the marriage, marriage supper of the Lamb, going, building a house. The word picture here, kof, samek, bet. Possible interpretation, the last support needed for the house. Nice. This house being built for the bride needed one last support to finish it. Yeshua testified of all his father had done. He was the fullness of his father's pride. And when he finished his testimony with the cross, that's what we had. Now, it gave birth. He gave birth. Yarad gave birth to Kanok. We, we, we know him in English as Enoch. Yared lived after he begot Kanok 800 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Yared were 960 and two years and he died. We've gone over Kanok before because he was one of Cain's lineage as well. And his name means initiation. And we mentioned it at that time. Initiation can be into evil. Initiation can be into good. Initiation in and of itself is just an entry point, a beginning so what do we have for initiation? 800 years. We've already gone over it. You remember what it means? Cross. Yeah. Cross, cross. Exactly. Yeah. We go back in initiation. What do we have? A beginning, an entry point. Mm -hmm. We're fixated once again on the cross. Mm -hmm. The cross. Guys, is this our initiation point? Can we have anything else without that moment, without the cross, without the event of the cross? And I want to emphasize that. I don't believe a little piece of wood shaped in a cross can like ward off vampires or has any power in and of itself. When we talk about the cross, it's the event that happened with Jesus on the cross. It's not a piece of wood shaped like that. Now, I'm, I'm all for keeping that around as a remembrance, but when we talk about the cross, it's what happened. We, once again, being mere humans, have very little ability to properly celebrate something so awesome and amazing. 
the best we can do is carve little pieces of wood and <laughs> say, yeah. it's amazing. Yes. But someday, someday we'll be able to celebrate and party forever and ever because of the mm-hmm. event that happened that started right there that we got initiated into. Yes. Now this number, when we get to 962, does the same thing as the first one. It just combines the two elements. So what we have with Yared's life, Yared, sorry, I keep mispronouncing that. Yared lived 962 years after begetting Kanok. So what we have is the descent leading to an initiation is a combination of the two elements. We have the cross is the fullness of pride's witness or the pride of God's witness, Jesus's witness. The, uh, we have the cross. The cross is the last support needed to build his house. Genesis 5, 21 through 24, and Canoch lived 60 and five years. Again, again, 65. We have pride and grace. And what does Canoch mean? Initiation. What do we have? All pride goes to grace. We have initiation from pride to grace. We have Yeshua himself. Yeshua himself. He is the pride of God. He is the grace given to us. He is our initiation. Guys, baptism is not being dunked in a tank of water. Baptism is being dunked into Jesus. Yeshua, his event on the cross, that moment, his life for ours, that is our initiation point. When you rise up out of the water, that is a representation that in and of itself does nothing but cleanse you of dirt, of literal physical dirt on your body. That is a picture of, that we should understand spiritually. It's an initiation when we, we must enter into Yeshua himself, who was everything good about God, pride given to us freely when we didn't deserve it, grace. That is our initiation point. Now, I think it's important. We've talked about Yeshua coming as a man. We've talked about him descending into hell. We've talked about all these things. And I think following that descent, what do we get? What happened after Jesus descended and he rose again and now he spends some time hanging with the disciples, teaching them some more? What happens next in Jesus's life? He ascends. He ascends, right? He ascends. And who are we on right now? We're on Kanok, the one who was taken, the one who didn't die, the one that God just, he just, he was just with God. I think, guys, is it a coincidence? <laughs> no. Now, Kanok gives birth, and Kanok lived 60 and five years and begot. Methuselah, which we, we uh, in English, we say Methuselah. And Canoch walked with Elohim after he, he uh, hang on to that. And Canoch walked with Elohim after he begot Methuselah 300 years. 
and begot sons and daughters. All the days of Canoch were 365, and Canoch walked with Elohim, and he was not, for Elohim took him. So the birth, Methuselah, he gives birth to Methuselah. This means man of a dart. Now, that word dart can be translated arrow, it can be translated spear, it can be translated sword. It's any sharp instrument coming at you, right? So, he gives birth to the man of a dart, Kanok, the initiation. And what do we see? 300 years exactly. Now, 300 years, the number in and of itself means walking with God. Guys, are we not seeing a connection? <laughs> now, 300 can come from 30, divine service, times 10, completion of a divine order. Now, I want you to understand, multiplication enhances it. Sometimes we get something plus something, it's just the two go hand in hand, but this is like the fullness, the completeness. 30 times 10 is like, it's just, it's multiplied. It, it, it's exponential. Divine service times the completion of his divine order. Now, 300 is represented by the letter sheen which means, well, what I came out with it was the destroyer. And think about this. This is the birth of the man of the dart. This is the birth or the man of the sword. His divine service, fully completing his divine order, he now becomes the destroyer. The destroyer of sin and death. The destroyer of all the enemy's plans against him. See, what we've gone to through Jesus' life here is him coming as a baby, him coming as a man, him coming, uh, uh, descending into hell for us and lifting us up. But now he's been resurrected. He's risen again. His next step is to come back as conquering king. He has, he has completed his work on the cross. He is now, now he's going to come back as the destroyer. Not the destroyer of us, the destroyer of all that's evil that's keeping us from him. Now, we have the fullness of his life. Kanok and Methuselah. Kanok lived 365 years total. So the initiation uh, of a man of a sword or a man of a dart. First of all, I think 365 years is for another reason. Guys, I see this as it's one full year, 364, and we have one more day. It's like we've entered into a new day. It's like the year is done, it's over, the time period is past, and now we've stepped one day, one foot, into the next period of time. I think that's for a reason, too, that we should see. But 300 plus 60 plus 5. We again come back to the 65. But this time, 65, the pride and grace of God is walking with God. Now, also, we have Sheen, Samek, Hey. We have another situation where we just combine the numbers to get exactly the same meanings as before. So this is the destroyer uh, or destroying the revealed Satan, which we mentioned before. 
destroying the revealed Satan, walking with God, completing his divine plan through divine service, and let's move on. Unless you guys have something else you want to say about that. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. Genesis 5, 25 through 27. And Methuselah lived 187 years. Now Methuselah, man of a dart. God, you're going to love this, Brad, because you're coming to it. And you know, you know where I'm going in Revelation. You haven't quite got there yet. You've kind of referenced it. Think about this. Man of a dart. Man of a sword. And in the picture, 187 years, we have fullness, we have mouth, and we have resurrection. The fullness of the plan has been spoken. The sword coming out of his mouth. We have the word picture here. Kof, Pe, Zayin. Kof, sun on the horizon, fullness, back, you know, final. Pe, mouth, word, speak, opening. Zayin. Weapon, sword, axe, pierce. We have the fullness of the sword of the mouth. We have Jesus coming back with the mouth coming out of his sword. That's the mouth coming out of a sword. Boy, that's a freaky weird picture. The sword coming out of his mouth. Oh my goodness. If we had the Messiah coming back with a mouth coming out of a sword, I don't know what I... I think I might fall at his feet as dead. Whoa, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I don't know what to take of this one. <laughs> but I mean, there, right there in the numerical picture, we've got the sword coming out of his mouth. Now, Methuselah lived, uh, oh, he begot Lemek. It is pronounced Lemek. And Methuselah lived after he begot Lemek 782 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. So he begets Lemek. The man of a dart begets what? Lemek means powerful. So powerful. And that's 802 years. And what do we have? The cross. The cross plus witness, confirmation of that fact or the union, the union to the cross. The man of a dart gives birth to powerful. The cross is its own witness. Tav, tav, bet. Possible interpretation, the cross joins together the family. Think about that. Why does this mean powerful? Because cross doesn't need anything else. The cross is its own witness. I think of Jesus telling the people, I'm going to tell you what John the Baptist said of me because I know you need it. I don't need it. I don't need anyone to tell me who I am. I know who I am. God says, I don't need anything else. I am. It was the Passion Translation in my I am statements that really stood out to me, Jesus said, I know exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the power and authority that comes from that uh, statement is pretty impressive. Yes. And the fact that the cross joins us together, joins together the family, nothing else is needed. There's the power involved, says we're done. 969 years, the man of the dart is powerful. 400, 400, 169. 
Once again, we have the pride of God, the fullness of his pride. But nine, nine can stand for the fruit of the Spirit. It can stand for the divine completeness from the Father because it's three times three. It's his divine completeness multiplied on itself. And think about this. It can also stand for finality or judgment. And this is why it's coming at the end. It's coming when God is going to come back. The cross. Oh, I'm sorry. The man of a dart is powerful. The fullness and divine completeness of the cross is the Father's pride. What Jesus accomplished on the cross, the fullness and completeness, that's God going, yeah, that's right. That's my boy. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. That's, that's my son right there. Look at all he did. Isn't that amazing? But now the, the word picture, tav, tav, kof, samek, tate. The cross sealed the end of Satan the serpent. Now, doesn't that talk about how Jesus is planning on coming back? So Genesis 5, 28 through 31. We're getting close to wrapping this up, guys. I know it's been long, but I hope you've loved it out there. I really hope you do. Lamech lived 182 years. So Lamech, meaning powerful, 182 years. And what do we have again? Fullness, mouth, and union or witness and confirmation. So what do we have? The fullness of the testimony of the two witnesses. We're wrapping it up. Now, the two witnesses in Revelation, they represent the two witnesses to who God is. His word and his testimony. The, the, uh, the word of God, the, uh, the oh, I well, lost it. The first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Thank you. The Torah and the prophets. The Torah, that's why mo most people believe that the two witnesses who will return are Moses and Elijah because they will represent the Torah and the prophets. I'm not gonna say for certain that's it. I, I get their logic, and but, but whether it's uh, Bob the mule seller and you know Jesse the the dung shoveler I you know they're going to come back and they're going to be two witnesses to uh for Jesus in the last times and they are going to represent the law and the prophets but here's what we have kof pay and bet and I love this the last word is in the house and the thing about that that really struck me is that means for the last word to be in the house, see, this is not the last word is on the battlefield. The last word is not spoken on the battlefield. No, this means Satan's wiped out and done, and now we're back in the house before the last word gets spoken. This is, this is like beyond completion to me. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense, yeah. Now, Lamech gives birth to Noach. We know him as Noah. He begot a son and called his name Noach, saying, the same, this sh same shall comfort us in our work and in the toil of our hands, which comes from the earth which Yahweh has cursed. 
And Lamech lived after he begot Noach 590 and five years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven, and he died. Now that is an obvious correlation right there, but we got to move back. We got to move back. First, we need to cover Lamech gives birth to Noach. Now, what does Noach's name mean? It means rest. And what does Lamech say? This same shall comfort us in our work and in the toil of our hands. What are we talking about here? We've just gone through basically a history of Jesus in this prophetic picture, and we're at the end. He's coming back in power to conquer Satan, uh, conquer death, hell, and the grave. What does that lead us to? Rest. This same shall comfort us in our work. Our six days of working, our 6,000 years are over. and We've got a thousand year of rest coming. Now, he lived for 595 years. We have 400, 195. The cross is the, the fullness of the cross pulls us to grace. Powerful beget rest. The fullness of the cross pulls us to grace. Tav, kof, sade, hey. The fullness of the cross reveals our desire. We want him. The cross reveals how, how badly we need him, how badly we want him. But that, again, kind of speaks to us. It doesn't speak of Jesus. So what else I got was he is the covenant. He is the final. He is the harvest revealed. What I like about this is multiple ones now have shown us and Jesus. There is definitely a connection there. And it shows a choice. You can't have Jesus and all this amazing stuff and all the powerful stuff and all the grace and wonderful stuff if you don't make the choice to. So I, yeah. I appreciate that you have this connection here. We can be a part of it. We have to choose to be a part of it. Yes, definitely. And we'll wrap it up with, well, we won't wrap it up. Last of this one. We've got one more piece after this, but it's a brief one. The uh, Lemech, powerful, leading to rest. The full, powerful rest. Powerful rest. That's what I wrote down. 777. First of all, that is the number for the Messiah, clearly. But in that number, in that number, we can break it down and get another picture. And that is 400, 300, 70, and 7. The cross plus walking with God plus ultimate completion and perfection of God's divine order plus resurrection or spiritual completion or the Father's perfection or rest. Guys, I don't, I, I don't have to combine that anymore, do I? I don't have to come up with it. Yeah, it's all right there. But the word picture, tav, shin, ayin, zayin. 
The cross destroys the experience of the sword. At the cross, we have rest because the experience of pain in us has been destroyed. I also got a very simplified, because of the cross, walk with God, have rest. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. And the last verse is Genesis 5, 32, and it just says, And Noach was 500 years old, and Noach begot Shem, Ham, and Yephet. Now, we're going to go over Shem, Ham, and Yephet in later uh, interpretation, but I want to end with Noach here in this lineage. Shem, Ham, and Yephet are here intentionally. It's supposed to be, but I'm going to wrap it up because we're in the numbers here, and Noach is the last number given. Noach was 500 years old. Now understand, Noach, see, this one's different. This one's different. Noach's still alive. Every other one ends with someone. Either they died or Kanok, uh, he, it, it ends his life on earth. It basically, every other one ends with their life on earth being done. This one doesn't. Noach is 500, it just says, and Noach was 500 years old. He has more of his life yet to come. Again, we see that as a picture of eternity. We are not ending. At this point, we're going on for, for, for eternity. But his, his name means rest, and in 500 years, that in 500 years with that number picture is 400 plus 100, the fullness of the cross. And in the word picture, Tav, Kof, what I came up with, what stood out to me was just simply the last. The last. We're done. And I love, that's why I wanted to do this whole thing. I know this was long, guys. Thank you for sticking with me. I hope you've appreciated this. It gives, in the lineage given here, it truly is the grace of God. The, the entire, the Messiah, his plan for us, everything, it's done. It's completed and it's revealed here in these numbers, as well as in the names. It's all, it, I don't know, what do you guys think? It's incredible. <laughs> It's the problem I always have is trying to find the perfect, amazing word to describe amazing, wonderful things. And I just don't have them, but I'm on board with you. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it does just give testimony to the perfection. It's all here if you just look. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Matthew, I know you've been quiet through most of this, just kind of in, in, in nodding agreement. Uh, but but is there anything you'd like to wrap up? Any just feelings, emotions, or anything about this that you'd like to make a statement about? No, not really. Just, you know, it's pretty impressive that it's all there. Um, I think a lot of this for me would be useful if I was trying to speak to a Jew about why Christianity was right. Mm. Yeah. Right now with all of this, it's like, you know, wow, that's that's very interesting. But to me, it it's like you know, 
It doesn't. I don't think. Does it feel kind of like preaching to the choir? Kind of like you already yeah, knew this. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like this. This is absolutely like I knew yeah. that these numbers must have meant something, and now that it, now that I see, you know, at least one of the definitions of what they could mean, it's like that. That's very interesting. That's good to know it's there, but it's not. Yeah. It's not something where it's like, wow, this this changes the way that I see things, or this means that I'm going to be able to go and speak to someone with this information it's you know if in the future if i have someone who is jewish and is like i don't i don't believe this having these these numbers there to show you know in in the very first few chapters of the torah it's there you know mm -hmm. but of course you know there's also isaiah and all of those right other right people who you know all of that's there but it's it's very interesting no, I agree with you. Uh, uh, this is one of those things. It's it's important to me because of mm -hmm. uh, it. It's again, it's it's a faith builder in mm -hmm. myself, yeah. in that in the sense that I know it and I agree with it. But this just reinforces it. It continues to talk about the just awesome intricacy yeah. of all that God has done and how perfect it is. And one yeah. of the helps for me is exactly what you said. It doesn't help me. It doesn't make me go, oh, now I'm a believer. I was already a believer. Yeah. Everything that yeah. it reveals, um, I already believe in. But the fact that it was there and hidden on another level makes me appreciate Yahweh's intricacy and perfection in how it is so deep. And so on every level, it's all there, not just on a surface level. But another thing that you just mentioned there, mm -hmm. that, that we've pointed out at the very beginning of this, that the fact that it's a possible interpretation. And the fact is, we could dig deeper into this, and I think we will in heaven. And, and you talked about this in your Revelation podcast, Brad. We're never going to be bored. I think we're going to go on with, with the power and intricacy of every single verse for hundreds and hundreds of years in heaven on how amazing God's going to be showing us things is I guys, I put this in there too. You did what? Oh my goodness. That is so cool. Oh, and I put this in the same verse. It says this too, and you missed it. Oh my God. We're going to have that reaction through all of history, just all, all of eternity going, this is so amazing what you put in here that we never even grasped. Well, and just think about your own personal life. How many times did God speak to you and you're going to now see it and realize you helped me with that? Yeah. You know how mind blowing it's going to be. Uh, you didn't see it, but he was there. You know, I, I, what I love about all of this is that it excites me. I'm an emotional creature, so it excites me. It helps me learn more about this person that I love. Mm -hmm. It's, that's why, yeah. and I think that's part of why we won't be bored. This is the the greatest love story of your life. This is the greatest person uh, who has ever loved you, and that you will ever love. And I think mm -hmm. you can spend an eternity with him, just getting to know him, yeah, more and more deeply and intimately. And that's why you won't be bored. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the reasons. There's going to be so many reasons, but that's just my thoughts on one of the reasons why. Yeah, but no, thank you, Scott. This was, this was good. This was exciting. All right. Well, anything else anyone wants to say before wrapping this all up? No. Okay. Then, 
as always, this has been Scott. And Matt. And this has been Brad. And this is not about us.